Hi friends, I'd like to talk a little bit this week about solitude. This Sunday we read, uh, reading, and talked a little bit about what it means for us to be a leadership community who can discern God's will together. And what, is it, what does it look like for us when we get into leadership settings, when we're just making important decisions, trying to strategize and lead our community forward? how our basic framework needs to be a group of leaders discerning God's will together. Uh, in fact, the, the reader or the author of the book that we're reading suggests that we only want people at the leadership level who are committed to discerning God's will and who are skilled in practices. We need each person practicing and um, putting the skills in place of discerning God's will. And there are a number of practices, and we'll talk about them in time, but I sense that it'd be good to talk about solitude a little bit to you today. One of my favorite authors, some of you might know, is Thomas Merton. He was a, a monk in Kentucky, living at an abbey in Kentucky. He was a Benedictine, uh, living in the, the mid-20th century. And he was able to do this profound thing. He was able to, uh, in his relative anonymity in Kentucky, he was able to touch the world uh, through his writings and his commentary on the modern, uh, modern era. Uh, and when he talks about solitude in, in this little book, uh, Thoughts on Solitude, I would suggest that anyone pick it up and, and give it a read. It's really good. Uh, he talks about solitude not as an experience or a situation. Like we might think of ourselves sitting on an island or in a canoe or somewhere by ourselves having an experience of solitude. And this is, this is an expression of solitude. But solitude at its core, says Merton, is not an experience or a situation, but it's a posture. It's a posture marked by a peace of heart. And equanimity is another big word that he uses to talk about solitude. Uh, and so if, if solitude is a posture, if it's, it's way, a, a way that we hold ourselves in peace, then solitude is not only for hermits, but it's for all people. In fact, Merton said that he's able to cultivate, he was able to cultivate solitude in the middle of a crowded urban scene uh, in his day. And so that uh, he can hold that peace and the posture of peace, wherever he went. Uh, he goes on in, in his writings to talk about how our day and age, our technological day and age, uh, devalues human people and the human person. And he talks about humanity becoming cogs in someone else's machine, a chess piece on someone else's board, how that we become a unit, a number, in this day and age rather than a person and how essential that the freedom and the responsibilities that each human individual have be uh, built up and include solitude and a little bit of uh, a little bit of equanimity um, and that is what it means to be fully human he says but rather than that our day and age turns us into a cog in a machine 
Uh, think about this in terms of our shopping or the media use that we have. If if I look at an advertisement which has a dashing man in a tuxedo and a beautiful woman in a flowing dress, uh, all made up, the, the subtle images I get are if I just wear this pair of clothes, if I just invest in your company, which is there to make your profit, uh, then I will have a freedom, a I will, I will feel happy about myself. Um, I will feel feel right and good. Um, but what we are rather than a true human in that scenario is a cog in someone else's machine. Or I think of the things that we binge on uh, at nighttime, like the Netflix shows or whatever other platform we watch. Uh, think of the millions of people tonight that will be hovering over their glowing devices and well, you know, it's not not a bad thing to watch a show, but you know, the way that they do it is they give cliffhangers at the end of every episode, so that you have to push next and you have to watch another episode, and you click on and you become another view on on their machine, and all you've really become in that way, if you binge like that, is a cog in someone else's machine. Or the worst of them all, I think, is clickbait. You know what I'm talking about? The tantalizing subject lines which make you want to explore and hear the news or hear the uh, amazing things someone has, has discovered or follow a celebrity that you didn't know it was going through a scandal or uh, any of these things. Uh, you click on them and then the, the, the slideshow that you're in requires you to click next and next and next and next. And all you're doing is tallying up another click on a website, on a server somewhere, uh, making someone's website seem legitimate, legitimizes, legitimizing someone else's product. And all you are, rather, as you click, you're not a human. You've ceased to be truly human and free and filled with solitude. Uh, but you become a cog in someone else's machine. And so the freedom that we need, the responsibility that we can live into... Merton says that once we become cogs in a machine in this kind of way, we, we cease to be um, open and wide and lovely people, and we turn putrid and resentful and hateful. How much we need solitude in order to get back and, and detox all of this stuff out of our minds. So tonight, perhaps tonight, as you go to bed, instead of watching the show or clicking on to the next episode, maybe you can find a way, once the kids are in bed or once everything's put down and put together, to find yourself uh, stilling yourself, maybe laying on your bed and pondering the meditations of your heart. What's going through you? What are you feeling? What are the things which are uh, immediately coming to the mind? Are they worries? Are they desires? Are they the dreams? Um, quietly still your heart and start to just detox. Or maybe you're driving from point A to point B and it's going to take you 15 minutes. Turn the radio off. And just drive in silence. I'm not talking about activity or being in control. I'm talking about letting your thoughts flow through you. Oftentimes I think of solitude or the practices of solitude to feel like a snow globe. You know, a snow globe can get so shaken up with intensity, like the intensity of our lives. And we can have all sorts of things, all sorts of small objects in our brain floating up and floating down on the proverbial waters of our snow globe. And all we really need is to set ourselves on a shelf for a while 
and let everything fall down to the bottom and find that posture of peace? And can we cultivate this through our day? Can we cultivate equanimity and peace and solitude through various ways that we slow down, set ourselves on a shelf for a while? Now, one of the best ways to do this is through community. Uh, I, after 10 years of trying, I still struggle to make it past 10 minutes or 11 or 12 minutes in this kind of detoxing posture. Um, But when I do it in community with other people who are trying it together, uh, I can do it every time, 15 minutes. And this is why our home groups are built and set up in a way in which we begin with 15 minutes of silence. Some people I know have really struggled with with that kind of practice in groups, but I I promise you, I promise you that this is a great gift that we can give to people coming in from a hectic and harried day to give them 15 minutes to take a deep breath if they can enter into it and detox. Um, It's community is one of the best ways to do it. And what we're doing is not just quieting ourselves, but as we do so, we're trying to listen and discern those movements of God inside of us. What's God's voice? Which is mine? Of course, our voice will always be there and our minds will always be there. Um, But we have a much greater chance of discerning God's movement if we still ourselves first. So, solitude. I invite you, friends, to find a way to get yourselves into a posture of solitude. And I'll finish off this all with a quote from Thomas Merton. He says, No amount of technological process will cure the hatred that eats away at the vitals of materialistic society like a spiritual cancer. The only cure is and must always be spiritual. There's not much use in talking to men about God and love if they are not able to listen. The ears which we hear the message of the gospel are hidden in our hearts, and these ears do not hear anything unless they are favored with a certain interior solitude and silence. All right, my friends, I hope you can uh, find some peace in your... Uh, day today and um, we'll talk next time.